Hey everyone, this is Victor from Megasheen, and we're going to do something a little bit different today. Nick hasn't been feeling well, so we still thought we should give you something this week. So I'm going to focus on some comics in a special edition episode um, of Megasheen. Now, this week I'm going to talk about Wonder Woman. And mostly because it has been kind of a interesting um, week for her as we have seen some pictures from the next Wonder Woman movie. Now, I think the movie is called Wonder Woman 1984, um, where it's going to be Diana in the 80s. Um, in the comic, it was a very interesting time for Diana. A lot went down um, and we should talk about it. Attention must be paid. So what I'm going to do today is kind of focus on Wonder Woman pre-crisis and after crisis. Um, if you're not familiar with what I mean by crisis is the crisis of infinite of earths changed everything. I think it was the combination of many of the multiple um, universes in the DC world and kind of blended together through the anti-monitor. And then after they battle him and defeated him, um, it changed the DC universe to where Wonder Woman was reborn. But um, in the 80s, she just had a very interesting time. So I'm going to focus on both sides of her. Um, and it's, <laughs> I'm going to tell you now, it is very interesting, um, especially pre-crisis time. So let's get started. So I'm going to focus on the first kind of interesting run of Wonder Woman, starting at 269 through 272. Now, in these issues, Wonder Woman has decided to give up on mankind. She was just done. She was tired of it. She didn't feel like she was making any leadway and making things change. Also, she was still dealing with Steve Trevor's death. Now, Steve died a while ago, um, which played an interesting role of why she gave up being Wonder Woman and how she became kind of a uh, Emma Peel version of her, um, where she gave up her powers. Um, but she was still dealing with the grief of Steve's death and what happened um, during that time was she just got fed up with man's world. So she went back to Paradise Island um, where she could just try to, you know, gather herself and get herself together. Um, but her mother saw that she was in pain because she was still grieving over Steve. So Aphrodite, the goddess of love, um, released these mists to kind of wipe away Diana's memory. And while she was doing this, um, she decided to at the also to as she was giving up being Wonder Woman, she decided to just kind of stay on the island. Um, but out of the blue, another plane breaks through the barriers and lands on Paradise Island with Steve Trevor. So the interesting piece about that was this was not the Steve Trevor from this particular universe. This was Steve Trevor from Earth two hundred and seven. This two hundred and seventy. Which is, is, again, is a multi-universe in the DC world. Um, so, <laughs> multiple Earths in the DC universe, I should say. Um, so, he landed there. Um, and Dinah had taken him back. But Aphrodite, as well as her mother, Hippolyta, knew who he was. And so, Aphrodite did something very interesting. <laughs> um, she erased the memory of Steve Trevor all over the world. So, therefore, no one really knew who he was, um, but actually gave Steve Trevor his memories back so he would know who he was in this particular world. Weird, I know, but it is what it is. Diana actually um, 
regained her role as Wonder Woman. So she went through the trials again and became Wonder Woman and took him back. Um, which was very interesting because, again, the leaps and bounds they did for Street Trevor is very interesting. I felt that in, in these particular comics, a lot of this was done for a man, which is very interesting because they're Amazons and how they feel about men, but also just being an encouraging group of women, it just felt like a lot was being done over this man and over the grief of his death. Love is real, but it was just interesting how much they put into Steve Trevor. So in those particular issues, which what happens in the 80s, early 80s, I think in 1980, we learned a lot about um, how deep Diana's love for Steve was and what links she was willing to go to kind of move forward as well as what links her mother and Aphrodite was was willing to do to change everything. So we now have a new Steve Trevor from a different time, different well, a different universe, again, Earth 270. Um and he was brought back into the game. So as I'm as uh, as I was reading these, I was like, wow, this is fascinating, but again, this is the world of comics. Now we move into Wonder Woman 274. Uh, where we meet Cheetah. Now, we meet a new version of Cheetah in this. And as you know, in the upcoming movie, we do have Cheetah in this played by Kristen Wiig. So it's going to be a very interesting version. Um, now, in this particular um, time, post-crisis, we have Debbie Domain. And Debbie Domain is kind of a rich girl. Um, she is kind of a, a you know environmentalist. They're trying to make some changes in the world. You know they're doing some great things, and that was kind of a big time, a big thing back in the eighties as well. So it was kind of pl playing on that. But we also kind of realized that she was also the niece of Priscilla Rich. Now Priscilla Rich is the original Cheetah, and Priscilla Rich was going through a lot. I think she had. Um, some some mental issues um, where it played a role in her becoming Cheetah. Um, as Priscilla was dying, she did talk to her niece about what she was, and Debbie discovered that. Um, that she did not only discover who she was, but saw the whole costume that was hidden in a closet. Um, however, this terrorist group called Cobra, um, where it kind of kind of broke into the mansion and they took Debbie because they wanted to use this woman um, as some type of secret laboratory type thing um, to really change her up and make her more of a weapon for them. So what they decided to do was change her into the new cheetah um, and make her very hateful. Basically, she was hating everything, um, but really make her attack Wonder Woman. So we saw the new version of Cheetah um, attacking Wonder Woman. She looked a lot different than the original Cheetah. Um, you saw more of her hair. She was more fierce. Um, her claws were actually real. It was a very interesting version of her um, because it, it, it the, actually this really didn't make any sense. The whole deal of trying to make her this new weapon for Cobra uh, was kind of ridiculous, but you know, it was interesting as we introduce a new um, cheetah into this series. Uh, Wonder Woman defeated her several times, um, but um, it was kind of interesting to see how it went. It's a, it's a hereditary thing, which is funny because the movie Hereditary is kind of interesting when I think about how things pass through the family. If you haven't seen that movie, you need to see it. 
Um, but this was kind of in the sense of that. So if you see the movie and you actually get a chance to read this comic, um, 274, it would kind of give you an idea of a little bit of hereditary considering that Priscilla and Debbie are family. Now we're going to move into uh, DC Comics Presents um, Volume 1, 41. This is the introduction of Wonder Woman's new outfit. Now some of you didn't may not have known this, but she had a bird um, on her chest or eagle on her chest. Um, as part of her costume and then in the 80s and actually around January 1982 she got the WW that we are now familiar with today um, so at this time she received that um, because there was a group called Wonder Woman Foundation who kind of did a lot of charity work in her name and they really thought it would be neat if she changed her emblem to kind of meet to match that um, and again this was around the time that we were beginning to start looking into issues that were happening in Africa and then later on we had um, we are the world so this was kind of around that whole format of we need to heal the world we need to kind of help people eat we're starving kids in Africa a lot of that came into the stories and comics so we were seeing a lot of that um, particularly in DC comics but also within this one um, so they wanted her to change her halter top, um, and they wanted this to be a promotion of equality for women. She had to go back home and talk to her mother, Hippolyta, about this change, because by changing this mean they had to change, you know, kind of their own history. Um, Hippolyta said at the time they had to think about it. <laughs> um, but eventually they did. So in Wonder Woman 288, we did see the new costume. Um, where she kind of introduced herself and people like, oh, what is that? And she explained what, why she did this. So the Wonder Woman Foundation was the reason why she changed it. And we will see more of Wonder Woman Foundation post-crisis as we go forward. In Wonder Woman 289 and 290, we're introduced to Dr. Psycho. Um, he's been around before, but we're introduced to him in this particular um at this particular time. Now, this is interesting because he did something that, again, it was kind of weird. And as I keep saying, this was a very interesting time in the Wonder Woman comics. So he took a lot of risk here. And so at this time, he um, always clashed with Wonder Woman throughout the years. Um, but he decided to try something else. So he kind of figured out how to take some idealized version of Steve Trevor right, when he captured him. Um, put him in some ectoplasmic type of goo and created Captain Wonder. Captain Wonder was a male version of Wonder Woman, but he was evil thanks to um, Dr. Psycho. So Dr. Psycho not only just used um, Steve Trevor in this by kind of messing around with his memories and mind to create this version of Captain Wonder, but he also had a role and Silver Swan. Silver Swan is a is a known enemy to Wonder Woman, so he had both of them attacking Diana throughout this time. And again, um, having this male version of Wonder Woman <laughs> was very interesting. And if you ever get to see the costume, it is a mess. It is a hot ass mess. It's something that you will wear at Pride, which I'm surprised someone has not done yet. Um, but we'll probably post this on our on our Twitter so you can see what Captain Wonder looked like. But um, had to fight both of these um, enemies, and it was interesting to see how Dr. Psycho did this. But yes, yeah, Steve Trevor was used, or his mind was used to create this weird version of her, um, and they fought 
um, eventually Wonder Woman 1. But it was very interesting to kind of see how they <laughs> made Captain Wonder a thing. And there was rumors that they was going to continue having Captain Wonder in the comics in some form or fashion. But we haven't seen him ever since those particular episodes or particular issues. So very interesting, very crazy, um, but fun comics to read. <laughs> Moving on to Wonder Woman 291 and 293 now this was a very interesting time because they kind of did um i want to say a mini crisis because they introduced an alien um called the adjudicator and the adjudicator um was coming to earth to basically destroy it but he wanted to to destroy other earths um so all the other you know multiverses around he wanted to get rid of those as well so wonder woman teamed up with mostly all of the the women heroes or the heroines in the DC universe to fight him. Also, she teamed up with different versions of um, the DC heroes. So she went to Earth 2 and worked with the Justice Society um, where we got to meet the Huntress, which is the daughter of Catwoman and Batman from Earth 2. Um, also, we got to see Madame Xanadu, Wonder Girl in action, Raven in action. It's a very, it's a very I, I think it's pretty good, um, very th interesting. Um, com uh, comics with this particular story um, that just kind of showed them teaming together to fight the Adjudicator. It also reminded me uh, Secret Wars 2 when they got together to fight the Beyonder, um, when, especially when Rachel um, was fighting Beyonder as the New Phoenix. So if you want to check that out, that is Wonder Woman 291 through 293. Um, there's a lot of interesting things in this, but there was um, a test that um, they were put through to save the Earth. So with the combination of her and working with the other uh, heroines out there, they defeated Judicator uh, and kind of went forward. Um, but it was very interesting to see some of the other heroes. At the time when I read it, I was like, oh, there's so many different women. I didn't know that was part of the universe. Um, but it was neat because I got to know a lot more about Madame Xanadu. So she's a fascinating character. So if you get a chance, kind of check her out as well. We're going to move on into Wonder Woman 300. Now, this was a, was a you know, big issue, big giant size issue, um, kind of a big thing to, for her to make it to 300. This was a fascinating book because a lot went down in this. Um, she um, was being kind of stalked by this dream demon thing um, to where she got to see her life in different different ways um she actually got to meet her counterpart in earth 2 there is an earth 2 wonder woman where she and steve did get married and they had a kid named lita and lita is known as fury so she um has powers she's considered an amazon um she worked a lot with the justice society at the time so she has powers um very amazing um they were married for 20 years so basically she meets this version here we also learned that Wonder Woman um, marries Steve Trevor. Uh, well, she proposes to him, and he accepts in this episode. I keep saying episode, but issue. So it was very interesting to see that as well. Um, we also learned that Diana Prince faked her death in, in, in this comic. So she was going to try to live her life fully as Wonder Woman, um, but she did fake her death. But that kind of messed up Steve because he still didn't really know the truth per se so therefore it kind of messed him up a little bit 
Um, we also um, get an appearance from the Sandman in this particular comic. So we got to see how he um, helped Wonder Woman deal with some of her um, dreams and issues that were happening at this time. Now, jumping back to her dreams. So she kind of saw herself in different ways. So she saw herself as a, as a power-hungry fiend. Um, where she was mostly a villain in some ways. There was also a piece where if she marries Superman, um, and then if she is fall, and then what happened when she fell in love with a man who turned out to be a crook. This was a huge book that just had a lot of different things to look at. And they've always toyed around with Wonder Woman and Superman being a couple. This was one of the times they introduced that. There's been other times in the past, um, but this was a very interesting thing here. Um, and we also got to see her in a cape more especially when she was the arrogant power hungry version of wonder woman um, where she had people feeding men feeding her grapes and she just took what she wanted interesting enough she kind of came off um as orana and orana back in 250 became wonder woman she defeated diana and became the new wonder woman orana was very very arrogant so this was kind of seeing her as that version but if you get a chance do check that out because that was a very interesting comic um landmark comic <laughs> kind of weird comic but very interesting so our final comic we'll talk about is a tie-in to crisis infinity earths um which was happening around this time um it's wonder woman 329 and in this special you know issue it's special for a few reasons one is a tie-in to crisis but it's also the final um comic within this this post-crisis version of wonder woman so this is the last comic in uh volume one basically before george perez took over um in this comic um we see the anti-monitor who's the big bad in the crisis storyline um team up with mars and hades um their goal is to attack the olympian gods and fight the amazons um the wife of hades her name is cole um, Core actually assists the uh, Amazons um, in trying to help, you know, get Hades out of this battle. Um, in this comic, we saw uh, some interesting pieces here. We saw how Hades um, brought back dead Amazons to fight against the Amazons. Um, we also are, you know, zombie versions fighting against the living. But we also learn a little bit more about the immortal Amazons and the moral Amazons from South Africa, uh, or not South Africa, South America. Um, what was really interesting about that is we see a version of this later in volume two of Wonder Woman, but in this particular piece, um, we see these two Amazons join together and they're not really friendly towards each other because one group is immortal, the other one is mortal, but they do come together to fight um, the Anti-Monitor, Hades and Mars and does it and uh i almost said the santa do amazons <laughs> um zombie amazons so this was a, a very interesting one because as i said it was the last one but we also get to see steve and wonder woman you know really commit to each other and their love for each other and talk about children and what the future will look like um it was bittersweet because if you continue on with the crisis storyline you saw that wonder woman was killed in the battle and it was a hard thing to read as a kid because when i saw it i was really stunned i was like no you can't 
kill her. I mean, I guess if you kill the Flash and you kill Wonder uh, Supergirl and other members, um, the Huntress was killed in that series as well. Um, you could kill Wonder Woman, but um, there was some um, pieces of information that kind of led you to believe that she was coming back. So basically, this version of Wonder Woman ended uh, in, in, at this time um, because once she was erased from crisis, it kind of erased her, her moral story. But it did show a piece where she did join the gods, um, to where she would be happy with the gods. I think that was showing more of Earth 2's version. Uh, but it was interesting to kind of read this comic and realize that they were ending this series but, you know, as a kid, I didn't know what was going to happen next. Um, so this ends this portion of Wonder Woman in the 80s uh, because this is, how, this is how the first volume ended. Now, in the next segment, I'm going to really talk about the George Perez era, which started a little bit later in the 80s, but really introduced us to a different Diana, a different Steve, and a different Cheetah. So stay tuned. I'll be back to talk a little bit more about that particular time, which was fascinating. Fascinating time. So hold on. I will be right back. All right. I am back um, to talk a little bit more about Wonder Woman in the 80s. So as I said, um, things changed after the Crisis series. Um, Wonder Woman was kind of killed and then brought back um, in a new stage. In fact, many of the heroes were brought back in a different stage. A lot of them returned to um, back to number one. So, you know, a lot of the comics that were, you know, Superman 380, it was now Superman 1 and Batman 1 and what have you. The origins were slightly different than what they were in from the past. So, we got kind of a fresher um, view into their lives, but also a new origin or new origins to many of our heroes. For Wonder Woman, things completely changed. So um, in 1987, we got the first issue where we kind of learned a lot about how the Amazons was formed. Now, according to this story, the goddesses, um, the Greek goddesses, got together and get their spirit who have been wronged or murdered um, in horrible ways and use those spirits to create the Amazons. Um, the Amazons were brought back um, to life and put um, on an island or put in a space called the Mascara. Um, there was one particular spirit that was special because this spirit died or this woman died with a child um, in her. I mean, she was murdered by her husband and that particular spirit was um, used to create Hippolyta. And Hippolyta had this yearning for something, and we learned it was a child. So, as the classic story goes, she um, created a, a child from clay, and therefore the goddesses blessed her, and she became Wonder Woman. Um, also different in the story, Wonder Woman did not, or Diana did not become Wonder Woman due to taking Steve Trevor back to America. She became Wonder Woman um, because there were visions of Ares destroying the world and really using his influence to just cause madness and greed and, and just all right evil. So a champion needed to be sent 
And so Diana won that award. She became Wonder Woman and she returned or to Man's World. Um I say return because this she was as you as I said before this is the crisis. This is post crisis so things are different. But in this world she this is her first time entering Man's World. So she gets there and the neat thing about Diana here is she doesn't really speak English right away. She is still speaking still speaking Greek. And um, the world is totally a different space for her. Um, she meets Julia, um, Julia Kapopoulos, and I'm saying her last name wrong. Um, she's kind of a historian, I think she's a professor, has a daughter named Vanessa, and they meet her. Um, and they help, they help Diana kind of get acclimated to being in man's world. Also, in this particular Wonder Woman, Steve Trevor is older. So there's no love interest between the two, but she does help him um, as they try to stop Ares from ruining the world. Um, so I'm gonna kind of skip through some ep some some episodes. Here I go again with some issues because of the fact that a lot of it was Diana fighting um, Ares and fighting his children um, and his minions of trying to destroy the world. But also there was a lot of Greek storyline in this. So there was pieces where Diana, you know, faced. Um, a trial of the gods, um, champion of the gods. In some ways, she was dealing with a lot with that. She dealt with Zeus kind of lusting after her. That was kind of an interesting part of the storyline. Um, but we got to look at a lot of history of Themyscira and the Greek gods. So this, the first, I would say the first 10 um, issues of this particular Wonder Woman of Volume 2 um, was very educational and about the Greek gods, about the mascara about the history of the Amazons very informative it was blowing my mind as a kid and I was reading this back then I think I was how old was I I was 12 so this was like a big deal reading this back then but let's jump into Wonder Woman 8 and 9 because this is where we are introduced to Cheetah now Cheetah is different in this because it is not Priscilla it is not Debbie it is actually um Barbara Minerva and she is fascinated with Wonder Woman now since Diana arrived in man's world she's become a bit of a celebrity um, she's already met some of the heroes there now also remember that Superman and Batman are not the supersized heroes that we know um, there were other heroes who kind of did some things beforehand Green Lantern um, I think um, some of the Justice League that we don't really know, like Ice and Fire. A lot of them was kind of in this world, kind of being active. I think Batman was active as well. Superman was there, um, but not, again, this was at the beginning of, of all their origins. So not as big as he is now. Um, in this in these particular um, issues, you know, Wonder Woman is kind of a celebrity. She is meeting the other heroes, getting to know a little bit more about man's world. And as I said before, Barbara is obsessed with her, but also obsessed with her um, mythology because she is, a, I think, an archaeologist. I never said that word. Um, where she is very curious about who Diana is. So she comes up with a scheme where she claims that she has the other, um, kind of this, um, this other belt or kind of the griddle of Gaia, um, she claims that she has it um, and works with Wonder Woman's publicist. She has a publicist <laughs> in this version, Mindy Mayer. 
Um, and if you get a chance to read this particular series, Mindy Mary is a very interesting character um, because she is full of drama, but um, played a very big role in the beginnings of, of Wonder Woman's uh, celebrity um, life um, in man's world. But anyway, um, they they want to meet with Barbara because she's saying that she has the other belt and the other girdle, girdle, yeah, can never say that word, girdle. <laughs> and so they have this um, belief that she has it. Some people are skeptical, but they do set up a meeting. They do learn that she doesn't, but she's trying to steal um, that lasso from Wonder Woman. She's obsessed with getting that lasso. But we also find out that um, she is Cheetah. She has figured out a way to become Cheetah. Now, how does she become Cheetah? That's not completely explained yet. We get a, we get that story a little bit later on, and I kind of touch into that later. So we get into Wonder Woman 15. Um, this is really about Diana and Clark. They are having a little bit of a of a you know crush flirting thing with each other because they kind of equals in some ways. Um, they're very fascinated with each other. Um, Clark thinks about her all the time. Dinah has had dreams of Superman or Clark. Um, and so Mindy Mayer sets up a meeting with them so they can actually talk. Um, so we'll kind of jump into Action Comics 600. They do meet and they are kind of awkward towards each, towards each other. And Superman just grabs Wonder Woman and kisses her. Um, he realizes that she's really not into it and he feels really bad and he feels like he's overstepped um, his place, which he did. He did. Um, he admits he's just been overthinking about who she was and just had such a big dream about her. Um, and he just really wanted to know her. Um, and, you know, she felt the same way and they even had a little date set up. Um, but Darkseid jumped in and so they had to go to Apocalypse and fight Darkseid and his folks uh, and all that greatness. Um, but at the end of all of that, especially that particular issue, um, Superman realized that, that he's that she's way out of his league and he vows just to be a friend of hers. And she said, sure, if you just call me Diana. Um, and so they, that's how their friendship began back then. But it was very interesting to see how Superman was kind of, you know, just kind of being kind of a dude bro at one point just stepping in and just kissing her um but you know they both were awkward they both were new to the world in in so many different ways so it was very interesting um this issue but also the and the one woman issues just to kind of see these two um interact with each other you can kind of see some of the there's some posts of people showing those two kiss and how awkward wonder woman looks at that um so let's jump into um wonder woman 28 through 33 now these particular um issues were fascinating to me because it was uh, an introduction to how cheetah became cheetah but also to the banas um and they are another set of amazons from and from entiope now let's jump all the way back so this was discussed back in Wonder Woman 1 in Volume 2. Um, so um, Hippolyta kind of falls for Hercules and Hercules takes, um, he tricks the Amazons and take them prisoner. Um, 
and they get out, um, they fight back, and they beat Hercules and his men, but they were the Amazons were punished in a way because of the fact that they betrayed, you know, kind of the principles that the goddesses have given to them. So um, they had to wear the bracelets because they were put in bondage, and that was a reminder of um, how callous they got when it came to... Um, Hercules and his men, but Antiope was, you know, a little pissed at Hippolyta for what happened. So she and several Amazons left, totally left, and I I believe they became mortal because of that. So they left, and her whole story flips the script because she goes falls in love. I think she has a daughter, and from that, um, she is murdered. Antiope is murdered, and that has a lot to do with Cersei. Um, that's a whole interesting storyline as well. Um, but um, her daughter is blamed for the death of her mother, um, and so therefore she was put in prison. Some of the Amazons who did follow her did not believe that and went after the king and the people who believed in that, and they attacked them, um, got everybody out, and decided to move away from Athens. They actually moved down to Egypt, where they set up new shop, um, and they became the Amazons known as Banamias, and I, I'm saying that totally wrong. That's why I said the Banas, um, and that's B-A-N-A. Um, but this is how their story kind of come in with Wonder Woman because um, Cheetah is back in the game, and she's trying to get that lasso. <laughs> that is a goal for her to get that lasso. So she set up some type of trick to where they all end up in Egypt but she gets that lasso anyway um, but during the time Wonder Woman is trying to get this lasso back um, we find out um, a lot about the history of, of the Amazons through um, some of the actions she has with the with the Banaz. they kind of talk to Diana about the fact that she's considered a traitor um, she's also a white woman in a different world so she is looked at very differently and in this these particular issues we are dealing with race we're dealing with class we're dealing with betrayal in so many different ways and we also learn about the cheetah and we learn that the cheetah has to use um, a special type of plant and some type of witch ritual to become cheetah where it is a human sacrifice involved now they're using um a ritual that invokes the plant god uh which i am not going to try to pronounce um but it's and I'm going to just say that and it's totally wrong. But it is um, a God that has to be, you know, fled to, it has to be um, given the human sacrifice and then the blood must be drank and then therefore that person with the plant um, is, becomes the cheetah and the cheetah is, uh, is kind of the pet of this particular plant God. So cheetah, this is how she becomes cheetah. This is what she does to to maintain herself but it is a maddening type of thing so Barbara is going crazy going mad she is murdering people to please this guy in order to stay the cheetah um, it was very interesting because there's a battle between Diana and the cheetah where Diana pulls her tail right off um, and um, because of this addiction to this particular ritual um, cheetah wants to kill herself at times and Diana tries to stop her to do this but again, we are still in Egypt and learning a lot more about the Banaz and how they have their own issues. Now, these particular Amazons are not the peaceful ones that we know from Themyscira. They are very warrior-like. They 
do have breeding camps. They are arms dealers. They are murderers. They're just not the best people to be around. And so it's very interesting to see what happens when Antiope left and then the type of Amazons they became over the years. And I was a little bothered because looking at this, you were thinking like, okay, so the women of color Amazons are all, you know, barbaric and evil and, and you know, just inhumane. Um, but there is a lot to go into this, um, as you will soon know if you are a fan of Wonder Woman, that Dwanaz, um come to the island. They live on the island, but there were still issues with the regular Amazons and the Banaz Amazons. And you, as you know, um, Artemis is one of those Amazons who actually became Wonder Woman later, but that's in the 90s. But in the 80s, as we end the 80s um, with this particular storyline, it was very fascinating to kind of see how Wonder Woman as a character evolved at the end of the 80s. From 87 up to the 90s, we learned a lot about her history. Um, I love that they kept her um, Greek-ish as much as possible. She didn't have straight hair. She had very curly hair, didn't speak English, um, very tan. Um, the fact that they really showcased the Amazons a lot more. We got Philippus, who was the general, and as 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 we like to say also the lover of Hippolyta as well um we got a lot of uh Philippus in fact Philippus um is somewhat considered the queen when the queen is not there so it's always fascinating to see stories that feature Philippus um but again as I said earlier I was a little bothered with the fact that when we got the bananas um it just felt like like wow we got women of color but it's such a, you know, kind of effed up background to them. But it did drive the story because it helped Diana realize that there was some mistakes made um, from um, her mother. Uh, and, and, and because of her mother's carelessness, this is how, you know, things fall apart. And I think this really helped Diana realize a lot more about what her duty is as um uh, Amazon, but also really help her define her role as an ambassador. Now, I didn't mention this earlier, but in this particular series, Diana is considered an ambassador of the mascara. So she gets to talk to the president. She has met with um with the with the United Nations. She has met with so many different types of political leaders to kind of spread the message of peace and what have you. So this was a fascinating um, turn of events when it comes to Wonder Woman. So I have already talked your ear off, but I just wanted to share a little bit about Wonder Woman in the 80s. And as we get excited for Wonder Woman 84, um, I encourage y'all to kind of go and kind of check out some of these issues I mentioned. Um, and you can with some of the graphic novels that are out there. And some of these comics are very cheap, so you can actually pick them up for like $5. You can get them all for probably $5 if you go on eBay or just go to your local comic store. But again, Wonder Woman in the 80s was very fascinating and, and very interesting, especially for me as I was reading them. So that's it. Um, just want to give you something um, to mull over until we are back next week. But y'all have a good weekend, and I will talk to y'all soon.